0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of This Show is All About You, a show about all the ways in which you and me connect as we and what that means for all of us. As always, I am your host, JDK Winnikin You can find out more about me at my website, wordsbyjdk.com, and on my social media feeds at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for JDK winnikin W-Y-N-E-K-E-N, and you should find me rather easily. Uh, welcome to episode 23 of this show for June 14th, 2021. And uh, this, month, uh, this month's theme is history, really broadly speaking, but really a focus on how we as individuals and as a group of people, even on a national level, um, how we confront our history. How, would, how do we understand it? How do we um, learn lessons from it? And then how does it help guide our actions? And I suggested last week, Uh, that there's some similarities in how we approach understanding um, and reconciling our national stories, our history, and how we do the same in our personal lives. And I explored a little bit of various examples there. We're going to continue on that uh, theme uh, today. And the show's uh, title for today is The Gunfighter in the Mirror. The Gunfighter in the Mirror. It's an analogy I'll explain here in just a little bit. And uh, to give you an idea of where I'm going with this, uh, this week's haiku that I always use to start the show, this week's haiku uh, should give you an idea. It goes like this. The past is a guide that points the way. It does not take our steps for us. The past is a guide that points the way. It does not take our steps for us. And the reason I chose uh, history for the month of June, uh, if you might recall, is that uh, in sort of the lead up to Independence Day on July 4th, uh, June is actually a month full of a number of national holidays and remembrances. And so it seemed kind of appropriate, as we lead up to the nation's birthday, to talk about history in the month of June as, as kind of a way to frame this and maybe give you some different ideas uh, about how it works and what it can mean for all of us individually. You know, and June is full of a bunch of them. Now, you know some of them, right? Today's Flag Day, for example. It's also the birthday of the U.S. Army today. Uh, And certainly last week, we talked about the D-Day remembrances on June 6th. Uh, June 5th is Constitution Day. And, of course, on uh, the 19th is Juneteenth. And I'm going to come back and talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, But what essentially I'm getting to here is that how we understand our history can be really, really slippery. Uh, The way it gets talked about a lot on a national level is we have to understand our history in order to not repeat the mistakes of the past, right? The oftentimes uh, quoted, those who do not learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them, attributed to George Santayana and many others. Uh, the challenge with that, of course, is that not everybody learns the same lessons from history. And that assumes that there are only one series of lessons to learn from history at any given point in time. When if you, we look at our own personal lives, We know well the past events, the big moments in our personal histories, but over time, uh, what we learn from them, how we view them, how we respond to them changes as we have more experiences, as we develop more context, and as we ourselves change. And I wanted to explore that a little bit more uh, today because this dynamic between our personal stories and our larger uh, collective stories, if you will, I think has a lot of power to really shape who we are. And I think it has more power in our day-to-day lives than we often recognize. And I've had a week or so since we last uh, talked where I have been made very aware of this <laughs> in my own life. As much as I spend time talking about it, thinking about it, uh, you know, kind of sp- splicing things out. I had a heck of a week when it came to some of these questions. And... What I come down to and what I wanted to talk about today is this larger theme or this larger idea of how can we be on an individual level and on maybe a collective level, how can we be informed and guided by history without being trapped by it in our daily lives uh, and then moving forward? Hence my haiku. Uh, History is a guide. It's not a decision maker. If you think about a map, if you pull out a map, Uh, you can take a look at it and it can show you where things are. It can can show you various roads and routes to get there that you can choose. It shows you topography. Uh, It can show you a lot of things you need to know. Rest stops, where the restrooms are, where the food happens to be. Uh, But of course, it's not going to tell you where to go. It can suggest maybe effective ways to get there. But all it is is simply a guide. So if we're going to use it, we also have to know how to read it. (laughs) So what I'm going to suggest here is what's interesting is about learning our history and the necessity of it on a personal level, and a collective level is absolutely vital. And it's a first step, But it's not the only one. And I, and historians like me, we spend so much time focusing on the past and really digging into it at levels that most people don't, that we can actually get stuck there (laughs) and have our conversations be all about that. and, And all of our interests go in that direction. It's real easy to do. Uh, But so the relationship between knowing one's history and being able to read that map, if you will, effectively, and then still acting with agency upon that can be a little smudgy because this is how it works, right? If the relationship between first knowing our past, whether we're talking about it in like the history book sense or in the personal life sense, and to do so in a truthful, honest, discerning way, Connects then, of course, to the second point, deciding what that means for our own story, whether it's as a nation or as a person. And then the third part, deciding how that should inform and guide our actions. Because the first step in knowing history is vital for one reason, and it's a big reason. To not know our own history, our personal history, our national history, whatever it might be, leaves us to fall victim daily to what I call the tyranny of the recent that whatever's happening around us happens to be the most important thing, that there is no value to what came before, no value to our previous experiences, no value to the previous experiences of others, no value to the stories of people who existed far away and long ago, perhaps thousands of years. It's really easy to fall into that, that things that are happening right now are much more relevant. That isn't the case. As anybody who studies history knows, To understand more components of the human story over time is to learn what connects us as human beings over time. And that kind of discernment and honesty can lead to entirely different conversations with ourselves and others and decisions about what it means to be human and how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. So to not know history is to be devoid of that story. So if we deny our personal histories, right, painful personal histories, that we just choose to shut out. We rob ourselves of the opportunity to grow through them, to learn from them, and yes, actually, to move beyond them, to be able to hold our stories but not be dominated by them. So we have to start there. And then, But then here's what can happen, and this is the challenge that I think a lot of us fall into, and I fell into this a lot last week despite everything I've just said, <laughs> right? It's just as applicable to me as it would be to you. Uh, but see, so say then we start learning from those things. We dig into our personal pasts. We do some painful work. Or we dig into stories of the nation's past. I mentioned last week the Tulsa Race Massacre and how a lot of people are really just learning about that for the first time. Say we start digging into that and we start learning more and it shakes us, right? It shakes our preconceived notions of ourselves, maybe of our country, maybe of what that means for humanity as a whole, can be a really scary thing, particularly with those tough stories. But then it becomes really easy as we learn about these things to start giving those things meaning in the present and for the future that aren't true necessarily. So, for example, to learn all the ugly parts of American history does not mean by extension that America is doomed It does not mean that America is fated to continue to have the same problems forever and ever and ever that it's always had, To do that, (laughs) okay, traps us in the past, right? And as I mentioned at the top of the show, depending on the lessons we're learning, we could get trapped in those. And as I mentioned last week, if we turn history into myth, we can start making up stories for ourselves and the meaning of life around us in the future that are based on illusion, that are based on myths. And it's there that we become, in that space, where we can easily become the gunfighter in the mirror. Now think of that, that image, a gunfighter, Old West, right? I was watching a Western last night and I got the idea. But uh, the gunfighter, right, who's standing, staring in the mirror, right? And, and you think of the image of the gunfighter, right? The gunfighter is ready to shoot all the time. Trained, honed, ready, capable, confident, a little scared, right? But with they're looking in the mirror (laughs) and they're about to draw on themselves, right? It means they're going to shoot an illusion, a reflection of themselves, right? It's an absurd vision if you think about it. Imagine the gunfighter standing in front of the mirror thinking that that image is actually their opponent. What happens if you draw and shoot? (laughs) <laughs> well, at minimum, you're going to shower yourself in broken glass. Could also ricochet back right at you. But it's a useless endeavor. To be a gunfighter staring in the mirror, there is no point. That is not what a gunfighter does, and to shoot is absurd. And that's what we become, seems to me, and I've experienced this last week myself. When we start building stories from our knowledge and our learning of the past that are not based in either the present or are not necessarily true for the future. It's really easy to do. Okay? And so let me explain with two examples today. One will be from American history, and then the other will be from my own personal life. I'll tell you a little bit about last week. Okay, so let's start with the first one. I mentioned Juneteenth at the top of the show. Juneteenth is June 19th. Okay, so it's coming up here in just a few days. And it refers to June 19th, 1865. On that day... In Texas, uh, they were informed, Texas was the last state to be informed that the Civil War was over, and blacks in that state were the last in the American South to be informed that the Civil War was over and that slavery had been ended and that they'd been freed. And so that became, in the years following, a celebration in black communities all over the country for the end of slavery, and it has existed as a commemorative day every year since 1865. 1865. So it has been a celebrated holiday for black communities for a very long time. But if you think about it, it's really only started to come to broader attention in the rest of the United States, really in the last year or so. Last year in particular, it became a talking point uh, in a number of places in media uh, because it was happening right in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder in Minneapolis, when a lot of questions about race relations and the legacy of inequality and slavery and Jim Crow Uh, and segregation, were really running through national conversations and, of course, filtering in with conversations about the upcoming election and all those things. And as you all remember, it was a very, (laughs) to give it a neutral term, energetic time. And it produced a lot of stress for a lot of people. It produced a lot of arguments. It produced a lot of myth-making about the past and brought forward conversations about things like the lost cause myth um, in the South, that the South was fighting for states' rights as opposed to for slavery, which is not true. It was, Civil War was fought over slavery. And it brought up other stories uh, about forgotten episodes, quote-unquote, in the nation's past, like the Tulsa Race Massacre and others, that have been part of black Americans' consciousness and historical understanding and understanding of themselves for decades, but have not necessarily been the part of that same story for non-black Americans. And so because of that, at least on, with those examples, Juneteenth and others, a level of historical understanding of what it means to be American is going to look different for black Americans than non-black Americans on some level. And I'm going to suggest that's understandable and that's okay, particularly if those who are still learning about things like Juneteenth and the end of slavery and Reconstruction and segregation are open to learning about it and are open to confronting kind of those not so nice stories of the country's past. And we've all seen examples of people who are simply not willing to really engage in that difficult set of conversations. So what I'm suggesting here with the gunfighter in the mirror is that if we are not willing to do that difficult work on a personal level, a national level of looking at our own histories, then that's what we become. Now, we could have different historical experiences on a personal level, on a national level, ethnic, religious, but we can still draw both individual and collective lessons from our nation's past and from our own individual past. We can do both. By doing so, by confronting the pain of our past, the difficult things of our past, our past mistakes on an individual level as a nation, when we do that, we can be, we're seeking understanding outside of ourselves. It's a form of curiosity, which as we explore and discuss with other people, either you know, in our personal lives with friends, loved ones, therapists, professionals, or in history with people with differing perspectives and differing opinions, that curiosity can find its way to some empathy in some cases, but certainly can find its, its way to connection between us as human beings in ways that perhaps are unseen if we don't have those conversations, if we don't have those confrontations with ourselves and with others. It's why the discussions and debates about things like the legacies of slavery and inequality should be had and should be pursued civilly by all involved because that provides the best chance for growth, that type of thing. And in our personal lives, it's the same thing. To be able to discuss honestly with other people, professionals or otherwise, ourselves honestly, to be honest and vulnerable about ourselves with other people and to take in feedback, even feedback that's tough to hear about how we present, about how we show up, is so vital to connection and growth, not just for me as a person, but for the other person as well. It's how connection turns into community over time. So if people aren't willing to look at either their personal history or national history, honestly, fairly, or measuredly, it limits what we can learn about ourselves and about each other. So we trap ourselves in false narratives, myths, incomplete narratives, that we then make up stories to say, this is what it all means. (laughs) And the effects of this are real it affects our ability to have conversations with people who are different from us, with different points of view. It hinders our ability to be honest with others and ourselves, to be challenged in our own biases. It doesn't allow us to be open to having a spotlight shown on our own issues. So what ends up happening is we seek out like-minded people, we reinforce each other's limited ideas, we call all ours right and true and everybody else's wrong and false. And what we forget is the thing that and blow apart the whole illusion of the gunfighter in the mirror. We forget that we have agency as individuals. We have the ability to both dig into the past, even when it makes us uncomfortable, and we can, have our, we can change our minds about it, and we have the agency to act in ways that go beyond what the past has shaped in us. The traumas of my past do not determine how I choose to act today when confronted with similar emotions, similar feelings than I've had before. We can step beyond those things. So much of our storytelling on a national level about history and in our personal lives, perhaps, has to do with, well, this is just simply how it is. Things cannot change. I cannot change. The country cannot change. People cannot change. And it's simply not true. (laughs) It can be true. And if you tell yourself that, that that's the truth long enough, it will become the truth because nothing will change. And if it does, it will become worse. And hence, I'd be accused of standing on a soapbox <laughs> and preaching something. This actually is something that I'm confronting in my own life. And I really saw it a lot last week. Last week, I spent a lot of time looking in the mirror as a gunfighter and even over the weekend. And it took me a little while to recognize that that's what I was doing in seemingly every direction last week, I had conversations. Uh, One, one case is notable, but um, several conversations. And then one case of really unexpected silence from someone that kicked up so many reminders in me of troubles and, and difficulties I've had in my past. And it brought up a zillion emotions. And with those emotions came the stories. I made up stories about what those emotions meant where they were coming from, what it meant for my present, what it meant for my future. And I wrote down some of these in retrospect, put all these in quotes. Here we go again. I cannot believe this keeps happening to me. This never changes. No matter what I do, this kind of bleep keeps happening. Why do I seem to be drawn to or draw in people like this in my life? Why do I always end up on a different wavelength than others? Why can't people just be honest with themselves and with me? Why am I so often misunderstood? This is just how things go for me. Now, I read those and it just feels gross. (laughs) Because chances are you spotted what I eventually spotted. There's a lot in there. A lot of frustration, self-pity, victim stance, blaming others for things, projecting my own Emotions and past experiences onto others. I was a gunfighter in the mirror. I was ready to shoot. I was angry. I was ready. I was prepared. I felt justified. I had some self righteousness at times. And it took me a while to realize that what I was battling it out. What I was not battling it out with these people. I was making it them into people that they aren't, and making the situations that I was confronting mean something outside of reality. It was an illusion. I'd created limited narratives about my past. Because all of those were based in, well, it's always been this way, and therefore, by extension, it always will be this way. That I will always be this way. And I have this visceral response. This is the irony. When people throw things and use words like always and never with me, it actually, it sets me off. I cannot stand being told, well, this will never be this way, or, it's, or you're always this way. I cannot stand it. And yet, I was just doing it to myself for a week. Some things for me to work on there, <laughs> right? Because doing so, and really what was happening in those moments, was I was seeking a way to avoid doing that hard work of agency, to step beyond the stories of the past that I've always told myself forcing myself to act with awareness and to take some risks on doing some things differently. History as a discipline has no crystal balls in it. History can't tell us what the future is going to be like. What history can do sometimes more effectively is tell us what not to do. Show us where not to go. Maybe where things haven't worked before, but even those are unique in context sometimes. So it's messy, but it's supposed to be because it encourages us to tread carefully and to recognize things like what we can't do anything about and recognize the areas where we can forge new paths ahead. What I didn't want to do last week was engage with myself in vulnerability and engage with others honestly about how I was feeling. And in a couple conversations that just all went sideways and it took some time to clean that up. And in the areas where I wasn't having conversations, I had to really work on releasing a lot of that energy. So that gunfighter that I was was aiming at myself. And what I recognized is I don't need to be aiming at anyone, including myself, whether it's in my own personal stories or in debates and discussions about the nation's past. I don't need to be holding any guns. I don't need to be ready to fire at anyone or turn around or run away or anything like that. Our stories about the past tend to be incomplete ones that we assign value in the present because of something we needed to do, which is why it's a continual process to go back and examine our personal pasts and our national past. What you learned in a history class 10 years ago, if you took it again 10 years later, you'd probably draw some different lessons from it on the basis of your life experience in those 10 years. And this, all of this isn't just applicable to history either, this idea of agency and getting trapped by things. It can be applied in just about anything else that we use to guide us, whether it's history or not. Religion, for example. If you think God is telling you to do something or has faded something for you, or that suffering is simply a way things are and that we have no choice but to endure, that's going to shape <laughs> what you think is capable, in ter- what you're capable of in terms of your choices. If you're a believer in astrology, right now, Mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> and what that means, of course, is that that could explain why some things are so difficult right now and why we might feel cranky or off or in crisis mode. Right? Or if you just had another relationship fail and familiar themes emerged in the aftermath that you see in yourself or you see patterns in the types of people that you're choosing to have relationships with, then you could say, and maybe you're right, that you haven't chosen partners well. But if the next step is that you will never choose partners well, (laughs) that's when you become the gunfighter in the mirror. In all those cases I just mentioned, to simply stay in those spots and say that those things mean and justify however we choose to act or how we ever choose to talk to ourselves is to chain ourselves to those things, to avoid the agency that we have and the ability we have to grow beyond those old stories, and beyond those pasts. It, it doesn't allow us to question the idea of the, the gunfighter in the mirror in the first place. Where we can ask ourselves, what's the point of shooting at ourselves? <laughs> and what's the point of, there, of it to stand here and stare at myself in the mirror when the world is out there away from the mirror? We can only look at ourselves in the mirror for so long before we actually have to go out and take agency in it. To wrap up, what I'm getting at here, folks, is our past, individual or collective, only informs our present and suggests ideas for the future. It does not determine it. We are only as trapped in it, personally and nationally, and by it as we choose to be. But we first do need to know it better, that history, to be willing to explore it over and over again, be open to hearing other people's perspectives. And only when, can, when we do that can we discern our next steps and see where our agency actually is. For me, it's letting people be who they are, not penalize them for acting, the, acting in ways that I want, when, when they don't act in ways that I want them to, or they aren't consistent with their words all the time. To not take their own ups and downs personally. To love them for who they are, not for what they give me. To honor their own past and understand that they battle just as I do. And that at times they, too, will sometimes be their own gunfighter in the mirror. I can have some compassion and empathy for that. And that's the starting point, at least as far as that's concerned. All right. So that's what I've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Show is All About You. Next week, come on back and we'll have a few more historical discussions uh, in this June. And in the meantime, between now and then, chins up, everyone.